been blessed to be able to have two new elders and deacons. Uh, we had a congregational meeting back in July, and uh, those names were nominated and indeed ratified by the congregation. And so this morning we are going to uh, induct, as I say, uh, two deacons and two elders. I'm going to be talking more about those offices in my message this morning. So without any further ado, I'm going to ask uh, the uh, two deacons to come forward, Stephen Herb and Jonathan Taylor, if you would please. And if you would just stand down front and answer these three questions. Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and conduct? Do you accept the position of deacon in the congregation and promise faithfully to perform this ministry of service? Do you promise to promote the purity, peace, and unity of the church? To the congregation, to the members of the congregation, I say to you, do you, the members of this church, acknowledge and receive these brothers as a deacon? If so, answer yes. Do you promise to give them all of the honor, encouragement, and support in the Lord to which their position entitles them? If so, answer yes. Thank you. You may be seated on that first pew there. And we are going to induct uh, two elders as well, Barry Hostetter and Stephen Sadison. If you would come forward, please. I have five questions for you this morning. First, do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testament to be the word of God, the only infallible rule of faith and conduct? If so, answers say yes. Are you in agreement with the articles of faith of the Bible Fellowship Church? If so, answers say yes. Will you endeavor to follow the principles of order of the Bible Fellowship Church? If you are, say, we will. Do you accept the position of elder in the congregation and promise faithfully to perform all the duties thereof? If so, answer, say yes. Do you promise to promote the purity, peace, and unity of the church? If so, answer, say yes. To the congregation, do you, the members of the church, acknowledge and receive these brothers as an elder? If so, answer, say yes. Do you promise to yield them all honor, encouragement, and obedience in the Lord to which this position entitles them? If so, answer yes. Thank you. I'm going to ask the rest of the elders if you'd come forward at this time. And gentlemen, if you would come up and uh, kneel. Uh, it, we are now going to lay our hands upon them, which is a symbolic act. Uh, of identifying with these brothers, acknowledging that we accept them as elders and that we are bestowing upon them that authority that comes ultimately from the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And we are going to be praying for them, uh, God's blessing upon them.
Our precious Heavenly Father, this morning we bring to you Barry. We thank you for his desire to be an elder in this church. We thank you that you brought him to yourself. You saved him from his sins. He is now your child. You've also given him gifts and abilities that he has already in the past used um, for you. And I thank you that your word uh, gives qualifications and, uh, for what it requires to be an elder. And so I pray to that end. Lord, help him to be a person who is above reproach. And to able to do that, that his life and his decisions will be governed by your word and your standards, that he would be a man of prayer who brings all things to you, that he would be, receive the respect um, that comes from being a godly person uh, through this position, and that he would respond in a way that is appropriate to issues that he is aware of and come up uh, in meetings and, and when people talk to him individually, that he would respond in a godly way. Help him be, to be a man who is self-controlled, uh, level-headed in the decisions that he makes. Thank you that he's been, hospitali- uh, that, that he's been a hospitable person. Uh, continue to allow his home to be a place where people are welcome and they can feel free to come and go and speak to him. I also thank you that I know that he teaches sixth grade and uh, also on a Wednesday night. Uh, continue to allow him to enjoy his time to study in your word and help him also uh, to have real insight into your word as he teaches. I pray that he would be a person who is gentle, a peacemaker in our church, that he would be a man of encouragement. I pray that he would be able to see money and possessions the way that you do, and that is they are given to him so that he can use them and those things to bless and benefit others. And finally, Lord, I pray that he would also have a good reputation with people that are not believers, that through his life and through the words that he speaks on a daily basis, that people would be drawn to you. Please use him as an elder in our church to build your kingdom. And I ask these things in your son's name. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you very much for Barry Hostetter and his willingness to serve as an elder in our church. We know this is a commitment of his time and a huge responsibility on his part. We come today thanking you for the way you have worked in Barry's life to bring him to to this special day. We also thank you for his wife and children and ask that they would be an encouragement and support to him. We pray that you would richly bless Barry, Beth, and their children as a family. We know that Barry has many roles within his family. He is a husband, a father, a father-in-law, and grandfather. And we pray that as he assumes this new role of elder that you have called him to, that you would grant understanding and patience to his family. May we as a congregation uphold the family in prayer. May each of them, Barry, Beth, Ben, Brian, Brittany, John, and Emery, seek to bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you for this family, and we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Our Father, we come before you this day as we install Steve Sadison to the office of elder. We thank you for your calling, Steve, to yourself through the grace of the Lord Jesus and the forgiveness of sins that he has 
to the shed of the Lord Jesus, to the blood of the Lord Jesus. We also thank you the, for the provision of newness of life. We thank you for bringing Steve to this church. We are thankful for the faith and obedience that he has demonstrated by his faithful attendance, by his work with the youth of our church, as well as with diligent work within other committees and ministries. I pray for his continuing growth in the scripture and prayer and for increasing love for the Lord Jesus. We pray for Steve as he serves as an elder of another generation. Equip him for the challenges of the present and of the future. Keep him ever dependent on you and your word, for your word, like you, is faithful and true. As we work together, we pray for the peace and purity of the church. Help us as elders and as a fellowship of believers to love you more deeply and to love one another to a greater degree. As we serve together in these difficult and changing times, help us to be unafraid and faithful. We pray for your wisdom in all that we do. We, pray, we believe that your word is true, unchanging, sure, and sufficient to the praise of your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we have entered your presence this morning in order to induct new elders and deacons. We are thankful that Steve Sadison has accepted this call to serve you as an elder in our church. I pray now for Steve's family. I thank you for his wife, Anne, and her faithful submission to Steve during the past 25 years. You have allowed their faith to grow as they look to you while raising their three precious children. I ask for your blessing upon Anne as she encourages her husband in his new responsibilities and also as she serves you while being employed at the VA as a human resource specialist. Lord, I thank you for their active involvement in youth fellowship. So my prayer is that they would be able to utilize their time efficiently as they influence the lives of so many young people. Guide and direct them in their daily walk with you. Allow the children to make good Christian choices as they interact with their peers. Ross, in his first year of college, as he pursues his physical education interest. Trent, as he enters his senior year of high school and has a love for math and engineering. And Mackenzie, a sophomore with an energetic desire for volleyball. Lord, protect this family as they seek your will in their lives. Let Anne and the children continue to show their love and support for husband and father. Be with Steve, and may he serve you well. You may stand up and join us. And gentlemen, if you would come up place. We'll read everybody at the end. Okay, if you come. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your plan of salvation. And Lord, we thank you for calling Steve to yourself. 
Lord, we pray for him as a brother in the Lord, as a son, as a husband, as a father, and now as a deacon. May he lead his family in accordance to your will. Give him that wisdom and understanding to know when to speak and when not to, when to move and when not to. Lord, may Tracy, Azure, Stevie, and Ethan support their dad and husband. May they honor him. May they uplift him and give him that support. May Steve be faithful to your word, not only to read it, not only to study it, but to also apply it in his life as a father, as a husband, and now as a church. Lord, may your name be lifted up high with his service. Lord, we thank you for him. As we continue to pray for Steve, I also thank you that you called him to yourself. You forgave his sins. You made him your child. I thank you for his gifts and his abilities, the way that he has used them faithfully in in many ways already here in the church. But I'm also thankful that your word is not silent on the qualities of a deacon. And so I pray to that end. Lord, I pray that you would help him to be worthy of the respect of this of this office, that he would be open to seeing people's needs, to understanding the difficulties that they may be experiencing, to thinking through how their needs could be handled. I pray that, that there would be a sincere love and concern for brothers and sisters in Christ, um, that as he brings them to your, to your throne and prays for them, uh, when they come to mind, when he visits them, when he listens to their needs, that it would be a sincere care. I pray that he would also see the fact that the things that you've given to him, his possessions, his belongings, um, are there to help others, help them to be helpful um, in showing um, how he can use his possessions to serve others. I'd also ask that he would have hold on fast to the deep truths of your word, that he would love studying it, that he would understand it, that you'd give him insight into um, your promises and into um, the truths that are there. I pray that you'd help him to be steadfast under trials and tests that may come in difficult situations, that he would come to you on a regular basis, uh, giving those needs to you even then when he does not know how to pray for them. Lord, I pray that you would use Steve as a deacon here in our church to build your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for Jonathan, Brittany, and Emery. Lord, we thank you for this young family, and especially their their desire to serve you. They serve you in so many ways, within this building and without. And now, as John takes on this new responsibility, this new position as deacon, 
May John be true to your word. May he have a desire to know you better. May this time with Brittany and Emery be quality time and rewarding time together as a family. May Brittany be a tremendous support to him. May John's work be a delight to his co-workers and those that he works with. May John serve in such a way to bring joy to your kingdom. Lord, we thank you, Father, for him and his life, and we pray for him for this new adventure and new chapter in his life. Heavenly Father, Lord, what a great privilege it is to serve you in this office. Lord, what an awesome privilege. And Lord, I ask that you would let John experience the joy of this service. Let John enjoy seeing your hand at work through his ministry here in the deaconate. Lord, I pray that you will use John to serve the people of this congregation, the friends of this congregation, and the community at large. Lord, I pray that you will use John to encourage the people of this body. And I pray that you will encourage John through this service. Lord, I ask this of you because this work is not only a joy, but it is a challenge. It's demanding. It'll place stress on John. It'll place stress on his family. And Lord, I pray that you will give him strength to complete your task. I pray that you will give him compassion. I pray that you will give him an ever-growing love for you and your church. Lord, please give him the heart of a servant. Father, we need you to sustain our every breath. How much more do we need you to fulfill this charge as a servant of your church? Father, please bless John. Please bless his family. And please bless his service to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, leave our study of the book of Matthew in order to speak about what we have just witnessed, uh, talk about our responsibilities to the elders and deacons. This morning's text is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. You may want to uh, turn with me there, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. I begin this morning by saying that we are tremendously, tremendously blessed by having the elders 
and deacons that we have. Uh, I've been involved in pastoring three different churches, but in my role in the denomination over the years, I have visited uh, many different boards of elders in their meetings, working through particular issues, and so I've gotten to work with a lot of different boards. And I can honestly say that there are, are none better than our elders and deacons. Their commitment is phenomenal. Many have served for many, many years, and they have not only served for a very long time, but the way in which they serve, their faithfulness to meetings, to carrying out their responsibilities, their duties, not just a matter of faithfulness, but their love of the Lord, the love of God's people, um, the support of the pastors, every aspect of what could be expected from our elders and deacons, they, they fulfill. And uh, I mean that wholeheartedly, very sincerely, and uh, I appreciate their work for it is the foundation of who and what we are as a church. Uh, it is the basis of our unity, of our peace, of our discipleship, uh, all that we, we do. <clears throat> they work very hard behind the scenes. So this morning, our thought is it is important that we have a right relationship to the leaders of our church, and I want to talk about what that relationship is to be from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 12. If uh, you haven't uh, turned there yet, I welcome you to do so. And uh, the first relationship that we're to have, there are three in this verse. The first is, we are to get to know our leaders as individuals. We're to get to know our leaders as individuals. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 states, We ask you, brothers, to... Respect those who labor among you. NIV says, now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you. The NAS says, we request of you, brothers, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you. And the King James states, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. The the King James is the most literal of the translations. It means to know. But it means to know with with intimacy. There's a a different way in which we know facts from the way in which we know people. And there are different degrees in the way in which we know people. In fact, I was just at a wedding yesterday, and and one of the persons came up to me and said, do you know so-and-so? And I said, well, I really know of them. I know who they are. I know what they do, but I don't really have an intimate, personal relationship with that individual. I don't know much about them. I don't know certainly what makes them tick. I don't know how they live. Uh, I don't know what their likes or dislikes are. I know their name. I know what they do. This passage is an exhortation to really get to thoroughly know the people that are our leaders, our leaders those who labor among you, it states. In order to do that, we first must know who they are. I hope that you know who our elders and deacons are. Their names are printed on the back of the uh, bulletin. 
but there are no faces there. Uh, You've seen them as they've gathered up here, but um, I want you to at least know who they are. So I'm going to call off their names, and as I do, if you would stand, please. Okay, so you can put a name with a face, all right? So our elders, Bruce Althouse. Thank you. Ralph Bechtel. Thank you. John English. Jeff Gaiman uh, was not able to be here uh, this Sunday. He regrets that immensely, uh, but he had to be away. But our brother's here all the time, so uh, it's a kind of an oddity. David Herb. Thank you. Eric Herb. Jack Herb. Michael Herb. Barry Hostetter. And uh, David Ritchie. Thank you. And Stephen Sadison. Thank you. Deacons. Ray Arnold. Ellis Hostetter. Yes, I'm sorry. I wasn't anticipating Ellis being here this morning. Sorry. Ellis Hostetter. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. My apologies to you, brother. Okay. One of our longest standing uh, elders, to be sure. Uh, Deacons, Ray Arnold. Charles Bumgarner. Louis DeFava. Stephen Herb. Kevin Hostetter. Daryl Martin. Craig Rice. And Jonathan Taylor. Those are our deacons. All right, so at least you know who they are. But we need to go a lot farther than that. We need to know them as persons. What motivates them? What drives them? What makes them tick? Know what they are experiencing in their lives, what they are going through, the struggles that they may encounter, their workplace, their family situations, their occupation, their health, their interests, but most significantly their love for the Lord and their love for the church. I hope that you have opportunity to just be able to discuss the things of the Lord with these men, uh, to be telling them that you're praying for them and to have them hear they're praying for you, to use the opportunities that we have, whether it be fellowship meals, whether it be standing around uh, in the back of the church, that we not just talk about uh, football and baseball and the events of the day, but, but we also really get to understand the spiritual depth and quality of these individuals and how they're really open to try to be an encouragement and a help to you. They, they want to serve you. Not just to know what makes them tech, but also to know what they do. What they do. They work hard. Notice 1 Thessalonians 5.12. It says, we ask you brothers to respect or to know those. And then these words, who labor among you. Who labor among you. In order to fulfill the responsibility of an elder or a deacon, it requires hard work. It requires time. It is a time-consuming responsibility and office. They work hard. It is an emotionally draining office. You hear things that 
Tear at your heart. You're aware of strife and struggle that causes sleepless nights. You're aware that we are insufficient for these things, which causes humility and sometimes frustration. They labor hard. Most of our elders teach. But what is done, by the most part, is behind the scenes, especially true of the deacons, especially true of the deacons. They do a lot of visiting that no one is aware of. They meet the financial needs of individuals that no one is aware of. They are taking on all kinds of duties that, that people don't know. They help people move. They, they, they are helping in so many different avenues and regards, and uh, it just isn't known, but they labor very hard. They provide oversight. Notice 1 Thessalonians 5.2, and are over you in the Lord. The elders and deacons provide oversight in many different ways. They provide oversight by being in charge of committees, boards, let me just give you a list of the areas of oversight that the elders take direct responsibility for. Uh, those committees that are under the direct oversight of the elders are Christian Ed Committee, Youth Fellowship Mentors, Sunday School Executive Committee, Evangelism, Finance, Historical, Membership and Discipline, Missions, Children's Hope Ministry, Music, Ordinance, Pastoral Relations Committee, Property and Maintenance Committee, Sound, Sports, Fun and Fellowship, Worship and Service. They are over all of those. An elder chairs each one of those committees. Every one of those committees, those minutes come back to the Board of Elders as a whole. They read those minutes. They interact with those minutes. They are on top of what is taking place. The deacons, nursery committee, special occasions committee, ushering, visitation, compassion, so many, many things that the deacons are doing. Uh, They provide oversight. They are giving direction. They are setting the course for our church. Right now, the Board of Elders is looking hard at our philosophy of ministry, uh, setting goals for the next 10 years in life of our of our church, that's going to be very time-consuming. It's going to require a lot of discipline. It's going to require a lot of give and take. Uh, but that's their role. That's their function. That's what we do. And we can be so glad that we have godly elders and, and deacons that provide that kind of, of oversight. The third area of ministry is encouragement. For it says in First Thessalonians, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you who are over in the Lord, And then this last word, to admonish you. Admonish you. The word to admonish here is translated in many, many different ways. It's it's many faceted. It's care in every facet of one's being. So that care could be financial. That care could be emotional. That care could be spiritual. That care could be physical. It could be helping people do certain things. It could be seen in counseling. 
individuals that could be seen in teaching uh, the Word of God. It is simply caring for people. We've been talking about core values in our Board of Elders meeting. That's a core value, to care for people. That care is seen in instruction. That care is seen in counseling. That care is seen in deacons overseeing, raking people's lawns, all kinds of things that are, are done to be, to be caring individuals. One of the titles of uh, an elder is a shepherd, a shepherd. The congregation is the sheep. Okay? A shepherd cares for the sheep, provides for the sheep, grooms the sheep, feeds the sheep, protects the sheep. All of those imageries are what the elders and deacons do in the life of the church. And the intent is that we will appreciate them Understand them. Be better able to pray for them and to learn what wonderful people they are. So we'll get to know them. The second responsibility in our relationship to our leaders is to value their leadership because of their office. To value our leaders because of their office. Notice verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in love, now these words, for their work's sake. For their work's sake. This is a different word that's been found in the first part of the verse, which talks about labor among you. Labor among you is talking about the hard work that they do. But here, it's their work in the sake of their ministry, their office. So the first part is we appreciate them as individuals. And then secondly, we appreciate them because of the office that they fulfill. There's a respect that comes because of their own personal lives, and then there's a respect that comes because of the office that they hold, because they are an elder, because they are a deacon. So not only are we to honor our leaders, we are to think of them in a special, affectionate way. We're to love them. The basis for this love is their work. Church leaders are performing a good work for Christ and his people. This deserves the highest respect and love. The office of elder is described as follows in our Articles of Faith. The board of elders shall have the general oversight of the life and work of the church. That's its primary function. The board of elders provides the general oversight of the life of the church. I just mentioned that there is an elder that's in charge of each of our committees, or there's a deacon that's in charge of each of our committees, and then ultimately the Board of Elders is over our deacons as well. That's why our deacon board is chaired by an elder. They have the general oversight of the life of the church. They provide direction. That happens collectively. There is no one individual that provides that leadership. It is a collective leadership. There's no one individual that oversees it all or is responsible for it all. It's a collective leadership. That is something that many times people that are new to our church uh, have to get accustomed to. It's a learning process. 
Many times when people come to our church, they assume that the pastor is in charge or the pastor makes the decisions. Uh, No, I'm one among equals. I am one of the board members of the elders, but I am not the elder. Uh, There are 15 of us, and uh, we bear a responsibility collectively to oversee the life of the church. The office of deacon is described in the faith and order as follows. The general responsibility of the deacons is one of sympathetic, benevolent service to the church, to the distressed and to the friendless and sick, showing the mercy and concern of the church for the material and natural needs of others. The deacons shall assume their responsibility to care for such people, uh, benevolent and material services directed to them by the board of elders. The function of the deacons is to see that the material and natural needs of the church constituency are met so that the elders can give freely of their time and concern to the spiritual needs of the congregation. So we work hand in hand. Elders being primarily responsible for the spiritual needs and oversight of the church. Elders, excuse me, deacons primarily being responsible for the physical material needs of the life of the church. The scripture says that he who desires the office of an elder desires a good thing. So we hold them in regard because of the position that they hold. We need to respect them because of what they do. And then thirdly, we're to be at peace with our leaders and each other. 1 Thessalonians 5.13 To esteem them very highly and love because of their work. And now this last statement, be at peace among yourselves. Be at peace among yourselves. So we are to know them. We are to value them. And we're to be at peace with them. Be at peace with them. A significant aspect of a church having peace is the response of the congregation to its leaders and their decisions. For a church to have peace, a church must respond well to the leadership of the elders and deacons. Obviously, that means they need to lead well. But it also means that the congregation needs to trust and believe that they lead well and certainly not be in opposition towards. Um, To show respect and love for the leaders themselves goes a long way in maintaining a spirit of peace and unity in the life of the church. See, why do we get to need to know people? So that we trust those people. So we realize the character of those people. That they are doing their best. They are praying about what they are doing. They are trying to make informed, reasonable, God-honoring decisions. They are taking into account not just a few people, but the whole life of the church and its future and asking what is best for our church and what would honor God the most and what do we need to do in this particular given situation or circumstance. First Chronicle says this. Now, uh, David had mighty men, people that were very influential in his 
kingdom and his kingship. And the mighty men David relied upon mightily for the well-being of his nation. And in 1 Chronicles 12, it narrates these mighty men. Many of them had abilities in war. They could use a slingshot with either hand and all kinds of abilities. And then at the end, it lists the, the, this. It says, of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 200 chiefs, all their kinsmen under their command. Men of Israel who understood the times and what Israel ought to do. That's what our elders need to do. Understand the time and know what we need to do in light of that. Many times they're making decisions that uh, they are better informed than most of our congregation. They have more information. They've thought about it. they prayed about it. They make decisions. Peace reigns when we can respect the individuals. But it's not just about respecting the individual. Most importantly, it's about respecting the office. For individuals come and go, but the office remains. It's an abiding office. Elder, deacon, coming down from the New Testament era, from the time of Christ till this very day, without interruption, there's been this ongoing succession of elders and deacons leading churches. And until the Lord Jesus Christ comes, there will be elders and deacons leading churches. All the people that you have seen stand here will eventually die. But the office remains. And it's important that we have a high regard for the office. So that good people will aspire to that office. So that godly people will want to be a part of that office. So that the congregation continues to respect, continues to appreciate, continues to be at peace. Because those offices are functioning and are accomplishing the will of God. To show respect for the office is to recognize that these individuals have a great responsibility to do what is best for the entire church. They make many difficult decisions. They are involved with complicated issues. They are privy to many things that go on behind the scenes. We really need to pray for their wisdom. Pray for their help. Division occurs when people align themselves with a particular leader or group of leaders. In 1 Corinthians it says this, I appeal to you, my brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported by me, by Chloe's people, that there is a quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is, each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ in a cultic 
kind of way. They're the super spiritual people. Paul says that there needs to be a unity. In other words, we don't follow an elder. We don't look up to any particular elder. We don't trust in any one elder. What we value is the board of elders. The final decision. We don't believe that some have our best interest in mind and others don't. Or that this particular, inter- this particular elder really cares and this other elder doesn't. No, it is a respect for the eldership. It's a respect for the diaconate. And when you have a respect for the eldership and when you have a respect for the diaconate, you're going to have peace. And when you don't, you're going to have turmoil. I am grateful to say that I personally have the utmost respect for every single one of our elders and every single one of our deacons. I think they're all qualified. I believe they're all godly. I believe they're all committed. I believe they all want what's best for the life of the church. And what's wonderful is we don't all think alike. The scripture says, in a multitude of counselors there is wisdom. In a multitude of counselors there is wisdom. It is all the heads getting together and saying, what should we do? And then with one voice, after the deliberations, after the discussions, with one voice saying, this is what we need to do. And everyone says, yay and amen. So unity starts with the elders and the deacons supporting one another, standing up for one another, realizing that the entire board is where the authority lies, not in any one individual. So we welcome this morning these brothers to our boards of elders and deacons. I pray that you would get to know them. I pray that you will respect their office. And I pray for the peace and well-being of our church and ask that God might richly bless us as we continue forward. And not just today, and not just tomorrow, but until the Lord comes, may this church stand for the things of God as he continually raises up elders and deacons in our midst. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. Thank you for these elders. Thank you for the deacons. Thank you for our congregation. Thank you for the support that they manifest and for the peace and unity that we enjoy. Oh, Lord, may it continue. And uh, watch over us, protect us, guard the hearts of our elders and deacons so that we will do what is correct, that we would 
not seek to lead people after ourselves, but we would seek to have people follow the boards of elders and the boards of deacons. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for our people. Help them to accept the leadership of the church, even as they have. I am thankful for this congregation and for the tremendous respect and love that they have shown to our elders and to our deacons. May that continue. And may we recognize how dreadful it is when that doesn't take place, how hurtful and troublesome it is to the life of of the church. Uh, So, Lord, we look to you and ask for your will to be done in the life of our church. Lead our elders and deacons, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.